Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. Welcome back, ladies, to a special, special episode with my friend Jessica Shakir. I'm so excited to talk all things beauty. Uh, welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me, Claire. Hello, everybody. I can't wait to hear what the Holy Spirit has for us today. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I want to tell the ladies who you are. Um, so Jessica is a biblical beauty coach and founder of the Beautiful Mind Academy, a global online community of Jesus-loving women renewing their minds with the Word of God transforming their worlds through spiritual disciplines and saying yes, Lord, to his glorious invitation of beauty. Mm. The Beautiful Mind Academy offers a variety of ways to stay connected, monthly masterclasses, soul care and spiritual leadership, coaching programs, in-person retreats, and quarterly online events, Mm. including the Yes, Lord Collective. (laughs) Jessica has been working as a celebrity hair and makeup artist for 25 years with clientele that includes Colby Kellett, Kevin Bacon, Jane Lynch, Rachel Hunter, Grace Park, Daniel Day, Kim, the Backstreet Boys, and Eminem. She's thrilled to get to work with women of God whom she admires, including Lisa Bevere, Dr. Alicia Britt-Chloe, Victoria Osteen, Christine Kane, Hosanna Wong, Cece Winans, and many more. As a TV beauty expert, Jessica has been regularly featured on national TV segments on shows including ABC's Fab Life and The Dr. Oz Show. Love that show. (laughs) She's worked as the key hair and makeup artist for Praise and Better Together for the Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, and has worked on set of The Talk, Steve Harvey, Wendy Williams, and America's Next Top model. (laughs) Jessica's big win is to bring glory to God and goodness to others by living a life full of truth and beauty as we work together to expand the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Yes, Lord. Mm. Oh my goodness. You have been (laughs) everywhere, girlfriend. I love it. I feel like I have stories for days and even just listening back to the the story of my life, which you just read. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Whoa, Lord, the places you have taken me. I didn't even know what he had planned. I just kept saying yes. I just kept yes. moving forward. Yes. And that is where I met you. Actually, I took, I think it was in 2021, um, yes, your was. collective, <laughs> Yes, Lord Collective came across the internet and I was all about it, all about all of your feed with the, you know, your message with beauty and all the things. And, oh. um, that was phenomenal. And so I'm so happy we're finally connecting here online and on the show. And now mm. with the reconstructed woman, I've rebranded since, um, and, 
uh, my new book that's coming out, mm. The Reconstructed Woman Blueprints for a Beautiful Life. Come on, girl. Um, I love Yeah, you. I was like, I have to have her on. Like, I have to have her on. And when I heard you live the other day um, sharing your story, I was like, wow, you know, and that's why I left it out of the bio because I want you to talk to us a little bit about um, 2019, it sounds like yeah. God has taken you to and through amazing spaces and places, mm-hmm. but I want to, I want to hear, um, what happened in 2019 share with us. Yeah. Because what you read was an overview, a highlight reel of my 25 year career as a hair and makeup artist. And, uh, oh, funny enough, I've been to about 25 countries as well that where 20 or that number 25 just is highlighted to me. Wow. But I think that's pretty good for an American, like 25 countries. <laughs> I did not know that by pursuing the, the passion of my heart, by pursuing my 12 year old little dream, a little girl dream of wanting to be a makeup artist, of wanting to help make women feel beautiful, of wanting to do my part and play my part of ushering beauty into the world. I had no clue that by saying yes to that dream at 12 years old, that God would, that God would orchestrate such a beautiful life for me. And it's not without a pain and hardships because we know that valleys are a part of the equation. Fruit really only grows there. The fruit grows in the valleys and you know, Claire, we were talking, I was having like a little therapy session with my friend Claire here before we push record. And so my heart, my soul just feel really filled and, and stirred up and, and, and happy. So thank you for that, Claire, because even right now I'm going through a valley in, in my life and maybe we'll share a little bit more about that. But to answer your question about 2019, how did I go from traveling the world, living in New York at the time, going to LA every month for the television shows that I was doing hair and makeup for to full-time walking women through discipleship, my online, my online business, the beautiful mind Academy, which is ministry, which can be both. It's just both. (laughs) What I get to do for life is my work. It's my worship. It's my service. And you'll hear from me. I geek out over the book of Genesis. I geek out over the original language, uh, Hebrew. I'm learning Hebrew right now, but there's a word that first appears in Genesis when God was giving Adam his work assignment, basically when, when God, put Adam, the man he created into the garden to tend the garden, to work it and watch over it. And the Hebrew word is avodah. And that Hebrew word means three things in, in English. It means worship, work, and service. So that's what I want my life to be a blend of those three. I don't want to compartmentalize. We shouldn't. We're integrated beings, but why would we ever compartmentalize who we are and take faith out of the equation when we walk into our, our job? You know, and I think that yes. that's what the enemy would love for us to do to compartmentalize because we're weaker and we're not showing up authentically. And so anyway, 2019 was my own personal 2020. And it was because I had a neck injury that put me on bed rest for a total of five months. It was the most physically painful part of my journey. Although physical pain has been a part of my journey since 12, 
I have scoliosis and not just a curvature of the spine left to right, but my spine actually twists. And so there's been pressure on my discs and the doctors say, you know, the doctors say that there's degenerative disc disease all throughout my spine. And, and again, I'm like, Lord, I have experienced your miracle working power in my body. I have x-rays to prove it, prove it. I will continue to put my trust in you as crazy. It might feel, I will continue to put my trust in you. And I just know God has always said, I have your back. I I love it. (laughs) And so in 2019 bed rest, my whole life changed. Suddenly I didn't have income. I am a writer. So I had a little bit of income from writing, but makeup was my bread and butter. Could not do that. Couldn't even open a door on my own. Couldn't even wash my hair for 21 days because my neck injury. So I'm, I'm wondering, I find myself just at this most painful place and wondering, God, what the heck is your plan? Am I really just going to walk away from a 25 year career that I love? And it was in that time in that year, Claire, that, you know, if Jesus and I weren't best friends before 2019, (laughs) we certainly were the best of friends in 2019. And what happened was he just, well, reconstructed my daughter and he mended me and he built me, he rebuilt me and the trajectory of my life shifted. And he showed me just hair and makeup was a vehicle for you. Right. Your purpose is still intact you are still equipped and called to live out that purpose. Mm. And for me, you know, overall, I want to bring glory to God. And how do I want to do that? I want to walk women into experiencing and exploring the beauty and the glory of God and then be able to live that out because beauty begins in the soul and works its way out. We don't arrive at feeling or being beautiful by applying makeup or wearing the right thing or attacking it from the outside in. It is an inside out job. And I know we've all heard of this, but even in 2019, God was showing me how very true that was. And so in short, to wrap 2019 up, you know, it was my stay at home order. It was my losing my job. It was rethinking the future of my life. And God just answered me with each question that I had. And before I launched any kind of coaching program, I know that God walked me through the content the curriculum that he downloaded to me to share with other women. I lived it out in the most raw, rugged way. And so let me just say, by the time 2020 happened, January, February, 2020, this girl, I was soaring. I felt, I knew I was so flourishing. I had one of the best years in my, in my soul, my mind, my will and emotions. And yet I know God did this. He said, I have prepared you ahead of time to serve women right now. I had no clue the pandemic was going to happen the year after my injury. And so, yeah, that's, that's what happened. And I praise God that he doesn't waste pain. He knows the future. He prepared me for 2020 and I was able to serve women and to invite women into a safe place and the beautiful mind Academy. And that's when it was birthed in the middle of 2020. Oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. Like I, I just love how the Lord takes the broken parts of us. Here you are laid out for five months, you know, 
and turns it into something so beautiful. And that that's his promise, right? In Isaiah 61, that he will give us beauty for ashes. Like the, you know, when the fires of life, this they come and it feels like it's burning everything and everything is in disarray. But yet when we surrender it to God, and I just hear so much joy in your story. And I know that, like you said, it was not without suffering because nothing truly can be built. We can't be rebuilt in Christ without suffering. And I think that that's a whole nother word and a whole nother episode right there. Right. Um, but it's so beautiful to see and to watch, um, what God did with you because what we see in the culture, in our culture, in the world, not in, you know, the, not in the church, but in the world that we live in, typically beauty stops. It starts on the exterior, right? Mm-hmm. We know that as Christians, it's supposed to be inward, outward, but culture is saying outward. And then it, and then we stop, <laughs> you know, and we yeah. invest in so much outward appearance and lack the inner. And, um, it is hard, you know, because we can see the outer, right? We're, we're physical, but, but so many, um, women don't realize that, you know, especially women that are not saved, that we are spirit first, right? We are, God created yeah. us complex spirit, mind, and soul. And so I think that, um, I just love that, that, you can teach women Mm. um, from the inside out. And essentially that is, you know, that is my message too in in a different form um, because God taking the broken parts and making it beautiful. Right. But, you know, how, how do you merge the two? Like you said, I think, Mm -hmm. I think with Christian women, um, and what we know, I feel gifted. I feel um, excited. I feel grateful that we know the Lord. Um, yeah, you know, obviously because He is the beautiful one, right? Like he, in knowing Him yeah. is is beauty, and allowing Him into the ugliness of our hearts, mm-hmm. and to recognize that our hearts need a Savior, or He yeah. wouldn't have died for us, right? And not only does He just come in and forgive our sins, and and um, give us eternal life. He doesn't stop there. He comes in to transform us, to reconstruct us, to, to make us like him, to make us beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so he kills off those, those parts that are ugly. Right. And so I just say like, what would, how would you talk to the woman that is like, you know, I, I work on the exterior. I, you know, I, I work out, I take care of my body. I take care of my skin. I, I love the next, you know, best beauty products, but I'm listening to this and I'm feeling like, yeah, like maybe I need to do some inner, inner work. Yeah. I loved everything you just said. And there's, I'm thankful that we're having this conversation because it is such a needed, profound conversation within faith circles for women. Because whenever I grew up in the church, I grew up honestly, I don't remember a day in my life that I didn't feel loved by Jesus. 
And that's remarkable. I mean, that is that's shaped, beautiful. <laughs> that has shaped who I am and how I look at the world that shapes your worldview. And when my daddy died at age four, I was so shocked. And I remember at one point soon after that, I mean, here I am very young and I had this personal memory because I don't have pictures of this memory. My parents, you know, my mom, my siblings weren't there to, to tell me this memory, but I have this core memory, Claire, of me walking out into the backyard and looking up at the sky and saying, I don't have a daddy anymore. I need you to be my daddy, God. I have this memory of that. I'm like, Jesus, thank you for wooing me to you, you know? And and my dad loved Jesus. And so uh, it was two weeks before I had to kind of to share this story. It it might be a tangent. Maybe I'm I'm sharing it for a reason. Go for it. So two weeks before my birthday, my daddy passed away. And I was told that I didn't speak one word until my birthday party day. And my mom and my older siblings had a brilliant idea. And I, lo and behold, had a birthday card in the mailbox from my daddy in heaven. Oh my God. Yes. And it had ballerinas on the front of the car. I was having a ballerina party and I opened it and they read it to me and I'm looking at the handwriting and it says something like this my sweet princess or my daughter, I'm so sorry. I can't be there with you to celebrate your birthday. I miss you so much, but I'm in heaven. And I wanted to go before you because I'm building you a Disneyland. And by the time you get here, it'll be built. It'll be ready for you. And isn't that similar to what Jesus said to his disciples? I'm going to go before you to prepare a place for you where I am going. You'll be there one day, you know? And so I've grown up with this reality that heaven is so real and near to me and my daddy is there and if my daddy loved me then my heavenly father loved me you know and so even though he was taken away at a young age it just left me feeling very close to heaven wow and that's amazing I've, i've been wooed by the beauty of of god all my life i've even before i knew it was deeply connected with the character of God. I was wooed by beauty. I loved lights and color and makeup and ballet and dancing and art form and painting and writing. It's just, I was a creative kid and I was just allured by beauty. And up until a handful of years ago, when 18th century theologian, Jonathan Edwards helped me put language to this. I have said all my life, I've been a, a student of beauty all my life. But up until I, you know, Jonathan Edwards reading his book on biblical beauty and what that is and how God defines it. And I realized, whoa, by being a student of beauty all my life, I had been a student of God all my life, of the living God, because the work of his hands and the glory manifest throughout the whole world and throughout the Bible, we read the skies proclaim the works of your hands, God. Everything has been made through yes. from you and back to you. And so I've been a student of God all my life. Yeah. And Jonathan Edwards it. asked this question, which I love. He says, can one study beauty apart from studying God? 
No, because to study one is to study the other. And so the conversation on beauty, we have to go back to the beginning. How does God define it? And the reason why I'm obsessed with Genesis 1, 2, and 3 (laughs) is that, you know, we as humans, we move through the world with the lens of our own experiences. We, we've collected information and stories and narratives and our, and our mind and our subconscious and, and we have all this information, information making decisions for us, you know? And so when we put on the mind of Christ, I'm like, wow, Holy Spirit, thank you that we can lean into your understanding and not just lean into our own, that we could imagine things with your eyes from an eternal perspective, that we can live in light of eternity. And how do I do that if I don't know the original plan of God? So I feel when we look at Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we can familiarize ourselves with the truth, the accurate biblical worldview of everything. And those three chapters, we learn what it means to be human. It, we learn there are only two genders, male and female. We learn about yes. the character Say of that God. one more time. There are only <laughs> two genders, male and female. And it's crazy that by saying that, I could probably end up in jail one day. You know, like, I know. I know. And so we also learn about beauty in the garden. Yeah. And Genesis one, two, and three. And so I just want to, I want to explore that a little bit before we tackle the, the other questions. Like, how do we live it out? Because until we know how God defines a thing, we might in fact be tempted to live out our own definition of the thing. And we're not God. We can't define beauty. We can't define gender. We can't define humanity because we didn't create it. Thank you. You I love it. I love it. We are on a quest to know the truth, but we don't get to define it. (laughs) So with beauty, the same with beauty. And so in the very beginning, Genesis 1, and I know we all, all, all know this, but let me just open my Bible here. In Genesis 1, when the creation account was being laid out for us to read with our own eyes, Meanwhile, in the beginning, it was spoken by the living God. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was an evening and there was a morning one day. Now, I hope you heard the little bit of emphasis on the word good, because in the Hebrew, it's tov, tov. And throughout all the layers every day, when God created what he created on each day, we hear and we read and it was good and it was good. Well, then we get a very good. And when did the very good come? When God created woman. (laughs) Then the living God said it is very good. Tov me'od in the Hebrew. Now, why is that important to know? Tov me'od, tov, good. There are multiple layers of a definition to the word tov, including aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. Do we know that when the living God, oh, no. when he created from his being, from his nature, he couldn't not be fruitful and multiply. Mm. He 
glory and beauty emanated from his nature and it came into being with the words of his, the sound of his voice, that it was good, that it had purpose, that it, that it looked good, that it was beautiful, that ultimately God delighted in what he saw and what he made. And so some Bible scholars say that woman, that Eve is the crescendo of creation. I totally agree with that. You know why? Because he didn't need to add anything else after. Okay. I'm I'm perfect. I'm not going to add anything more to this painting. It is finished. (laughs) Yes. You have to remember the original design of creation was a good creation. The original design of man and woman, both together, leading side by side to rule over God's creation, to steward what is rightfully God's. It was very good. Including, it was very beautiful because God saw his own glory, his own nature in the very thing he created. And we are made in that image and likeness of the living God. Is God not beauty itself? Uh, So why would you as a woman think that you are not filled with that same beauty? It wouldn't even make logical sense to think otherwise. So I want, I want to begin there because beauty was a part of the original plan. I often too like to remind myself how beautiful the garden must have been with the variety mm. of flowers and colors and animals. And there was gold in the garden. God Ooh. is a God who delights in beautiful things. Yes. And yes, so exactly. I want to, I want to pause there. Cause I know I could geek out and talk well, about this. No. Oh my gosh. I just love, I love these um, descriptions of the Hebrew words. They're so beautiful. And I think my love for the Hebrew language is simply because I love Jesus. <laughs> my best friend's Jewish. And I'm like, I want to learn everything that I can about the Jewish culture, all the things. So I'm writing this down as you're talking. And I just think it's so beautiful because it's really a representation of him, right? Of his chosen people um, and his word. And and so I love that you highlighted that and you pointed that out. Mm -hmm. Um, And what came to my mind as well was, remember, um, he said he made... uh, Everything in the garden was, ple- I don't have my Bible in front of me, but it was pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. Remember the, the, even the, the fruit that she wanted from the mm-hmm. tree that, you know, got us in this whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but he, like, that's just another note to say, um, the, the trees, the, the seeds, the, the flowers, like everything was pleasing to the eye and it, and it was perfection, right? They didn't have the shame yet before they disobeyed yeah. God. And God didn't want that. He So he wants us, like you said, his original intent is beauty yeah. and perfection. Yeah. I mean, and we can't, we can't get that now because of the brokenness, but I want to, I want to say just listening to you, um, most of my listeners are abuse survivors. And so, um, I know as a survivor, I'm I'm listening to you just like feeling so refreshed. And I'm hoping that the women mm. who just heard what you just said and your explanation just feel so refreshed by that because mm. that description, um, and I really, I kind of equate it to like the analogy of a diamond. Um, 
as survivors before our healing, we, you know, we are a diamond, but we're truly wrapped in, in debris Mm -hmm. and dirt and, um, you know, trash and things that are, are over top of us. But what happens when you, you clean that diamond off and you take that debris off, it's still a diamond. And, and that is how it is with us as daughters of God. We are his beautiful daughters, his, his royal chosen, appointed, accepted and beloved daughters. And the whole goal, um, is of Jesus is and why he came is to restore us back to that, to to take all of that filth off of us. So we can, like you said, so we can stop seeing the lens through the trauma, through our experience. And we do by default, we, we do by default. You think when God, um, God, Adam opened his eyes, who did he first see? He saw God right over top of him. And so we weren't meant to see this harm. We weren't meant, our bodies weren't meant to be harmed the way that we do. And and then it makes us hate our bodies and you know, all the things as abuse survivors that, that we deal with. But the reality is, is through Jesus, we can take those lenses of shame and guilt and blame and all of the sinful things that happen to us, the debris and the dirt that truly makes us feel ugly. That's what makes us feel ugly. And that's what I was getting to. So it's coming full circle because, you know, I felt, and I write about this in in the book, I felt ugly my whole life when I, when I first realized that I was pretty, I called my mom from college and I said, I'm pretty. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, wait, I'm I'm actually pretty. (laughs) And I had felt so ugly in the shame. And it was like, it was like that diamond of like, wait, I'm a diamond. And Mm -hmm. here I have felt like trash and dirty and, um, you know, just unworthy and had so many layers Mm -hmm. of shame and self-hate. And when Christ, the beautiful one came in and started mending and tending and cleansing and redeeming, it was like, oh my gosh, what is this? You get that taste and see that the Lord is good, right? And then we're supposed to reflect him, right? So then you start to see, oh, wait a minute, I am beautiful because Christ is in me and he's the beautiful one. Come on. Okay. You just right? the so- best part. <laughs> this, this, I, you know, when we go to the beginning and we look at the, what it, what it should have been, what it was intended to be. Yes, we can be, we can have awe and marvel at it, but then reality seems in. then why am I so far from that? If I am beautiful, then why do I feel so ugly? You know, why am I so burdened by shame? We all have to, it's part of the human experience. Yes. And what happened the moment that sin entered the garden? The first thing that shifted was that shame appeared. And shame is, is from hell. It is the way that the enemy operates by bringing and speaking and slithering his shame-fueled narratives and words at our minds and our hearts. And in in Genesis 3.15, 
we, many Bible scholars call this the Proto-Evangelium, and it is the first mention of a coming Savior, the first gospel. And it's after Eve ate the apple, I mean, not even an apple fruit, I don't know which artist depicted it as an apple, but anyway, fruit. Um, one of the saddest, by the way, as I read through this, one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible is Genesis 3. 13. And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And I think about what do we need to do before we eat something? We chew on it. Mm -hmm. Metaphorically speaking, a lot of times we chew on the devil's interrogating accusation. Oh, Like, gosh, I am unlovable. Gosh, I did deserve that. Gosh, I am shame-filled. I am a mistake. And we chew on it and we ponder it and we chew it. And then what? We digest it and it gets in us. And when I look at how Eve communicated through the enemy by way of the snake, the serpent, and then I look back to when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit of God to be tempted by the enemy. Jesus didn't chew on anything. He said, it was written, y'all. You get behind me saying, like, he knew what to do. And so I think often, I mean, so many times I chew on lies. Yes, girl, me too. To back it up. It is written. It is written. written. You know? So we need to get that. Yeah, that's that's the next tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) It is written. So Genesis 3:15 is when God was saying, I will put hostility between you and the woman to the serpent, and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. The seed of a woman was Jesus Christ, because all throughout yes. the Bible, they talked about yes. the seed of a man. Yes. Well, there was no seed of a man that was needed because it was an immaculate conception. And so right there, God had a plan from the beginning. God was That's sending right. a savior from the beginning. And so what you just so beautifully communicated and this picture that you were painting for us with your words is that Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary is the curse breaker. Yes. He restores us back into our intended beauty, into our intended goodness. He himself walks us back into the garden and this most intimate relationship with the living God. He is God, came from heaven to earth and die and rise again. And and it's not just a ticket to heaven one day when we're old and gray and we take our last breath here on earth. What Jesus did and that we're a new creation, we are reborn into our intended goodness and beauty. And that is the truth. And everybody should be obsessed with Jesus because of that. (laughs) And I think what we just communicated, so many people miss. I know I missed it. Like when I was a Christian, you know, and I, I always wanted to love God and always felt safe as a child, you know, coming to God. But I really remember it wasn't until I broke down and he Mm -hmm. radically rescued me that I believed or even understood what dying for my sin meant. Mm -hmm. I just, I remember saying, I don't even know what that means. Okay. Die for my sin, die for my sin. Like I, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand, um, 
the brokenness. And, and so I hope that for somebody listening, um, those two descriptions, (laughs) it took me (laughs) like 11 years to learn that, you know, um, and it's, the point of the gospel. Amen. I mean, it's the heart and the soul of the gospel. Amen. My nephew, by the way, the other day said, Auntie, how come more people aren't Christians? And he's 12. And oh I said, God. I know, buddy. I think that all the time. And he goes, well, why do you think that is? I love the questions of kids. Yes. And among many things, I said, you know what? I just don't think people know the whole story. It's true. I just it's true. Don't think they know the whole story. If they did, they would make a different decision. Yes, and and I think that religious spirits are out are a very real um, thing that God does not want us to uh, entertain. Right? Remember, yeah. He talked about the spirit of the Pharisee, mm-hmm. that the people that checked the boxes and um, they they said all the right things and they attended church, but their hearts were far from God. Right. He said, they honored me with my, with their lips, but their hearts Mm -hmm. were far from me. And so many of us have been under that religion and under, uh, instead of God's grace, you know? And I think even, um, with beauty, I know I personally have come out of being delivered from a lot of religious mindsets. Yeah. And, um, I, I felt a shame with beauty products with like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, because I know that it's the Lord cares about the heart. He says he cares about our heart. I was, then the enemy was, was shaming me for putting mascara on it. Like that's Mm. crazy. No, right. Like, no. And, and I think a lot of women, I mean, I've had clients ask me, can I wear nail polish? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this, we are not Mormon. Like, this is not like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to judge, but like, we have to understand. And this is what God showed me when he worked it out Mm. in me, because I didn't, I wasn't as fortunate to have that beautiful description of, um, a fatherly, like, I know you grew up really without a father too, but you had such a beautiful, it's like God kept you and he preserved you. Right. Well, and we do, we, we really view the lens of our heavenly father through our earthly father. Mm -hmm. And my mind was broken and fragmented and, and mentally ill and abusive in every kind of way. So it, I didn't, I, it's taken me so long to realize like, that I'm really loved. Mm. Like it's yeah. taken me longer than it should. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? um, and that I'm really loved, but I lost my whole train of thought there. But basically what I was saying was um, when I asked the Holy Spirit, like work this out of me because mm-hmm. I want to honor you, but I don't want to be, yeah. or have religious spirits and mm-hmm. I don't want the enemy shaming me for like putting mascara on, like, yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Um and obviously we know, you know, I, he made it clear, like we can't make anything an idol. So if we make, make yeah. up an idol over him, then it's a yeah. summary, anything, but he, sh- he showed me a, a picture of my daughter playing dress up and, and took me back to when I used to play dress up with my cousins Aww. and, and, um, and really he just showed me that all the, the exterior stuff is, is flesh, right? It's, it's fleshly stuff. And, 
it, he, he basically was like, this is how I look at this. Like that you're, it's like, just like you would look at your daughter. I love makeup. I love nails. I love every, I love jewelry. I love clothes. I just <laughs> love it. Like it's, I love home decor, I, but you know, I, I, I just have always loved it at, since a little, since I was a little girl. And, um, and he just, it was like he released the shame from me by mm. showing me essentially that's how it is because yeah. I know the intention of your heart, Claire. I've done yes. a deep dive in your heart. I have yeah. your heart and you're not sold to that. You're not edifying that on the yeah. place of your heart above me. And and so if you're playing dress up, <laughs> you're playing dress up basically, yeah. you know, um, but at the end of time, right? Like he, all that's going to wash away. Just like, you know, it it all, it's secondary is my point. It's secondary. We should be more concerned with, are we honoring God? Are we pleasing God? than you know, displeasing him through nail polish or mascara. Yeah. The heart of the issue is always the heart. And I wonder, as you were talking, I thought, I wonder if King Solomon was ever shamed by the enemy for wanting to make the temple of the living God so ornately detailed, beautiful, and gorgeous. Mm. I'm sure he was, because the enemy represents ugliness, represents brokenness. The kingdom of heaven, I've heard it put this way, just like our triune God, our God, our living God is triune God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, the culture of the kingdom of heaven is triune beauty, truth, and goodness. So if we are Mm. ambassadors of heaven, then you, Claire, me, and all of you women listening or watching, hey, on the other side of this video, you are ambassadors of heaven, meaning you have the ability and the invitation and the command to bring forth beauty, goodness, and truth into every room you enter, every Mm. business you build, every course you create, every conversation that you have. That is us expanding the culture of the kingdom of heaven and and capturing the attention of the world, wooing yeah. them toward beauty, wooing them toward goodness, wooing them toward truth. And then they meet the truth itself, beauty itself, goodness itself, the living God. And there's something that I'd love to share with you. It came to mind, a, a dear friend of ours and a mentor of mine in biblical beauty. His name is Dr. Brian Chan. He's a pastor as well, theologian. And, and we have co-taught a biblical beauty master class together. And one of my favorite quotes by him is so fitting for our conversation that we're having because we talked about the biblical worldview, how it was meant to be God's original design. We talked about how sin entered and shame entered and brokenness entered the picture. We talked about Jesus being the redeemer of all things, redeeming us back into our intended goodness and beauty and truth and redeeming us now and for all eternity. Thank you, Jesus. So then what we see on the cross, Dr. Brian says, what you see on the cross is God fighting for your beauty. Wow. What you see on the cross <clears throat> is God fighting mm. for your beauty. The biblical beauty, the eternal beauty. And from a biblical perspective, and you read all the philosophers of ancient times that we look up to, and, and they would say that beauty, and according to the Bible, is always tied to two things, goodness and truth. And I believe, um, let, you know, all of what I'm sharing with you and, and my 
adventure and researching, let it just whet your appetite to go research and read the Bible for yourself. But I believe it was Socrates that said, can one be called beauty? Can something be called beauty if it tells a lie about who God is? Beauty is a person. There's an ultimate beauty. Just like truth is a person, there's an ultimate truth. And so let me just finish with reading a a notes from a teaching that Dr. Brian Chan did. So we believe in what we perceive. The God of this world, Satan, wants to blind people. Satan is blinding. God is shining. God wants to open our eyes to what we can't see on our own. If you want to access true beauty, you have to go through Jesus. The plight of humanity is one of beauty. The perception of beauty, seeing beauty as a spiritual battle. And think about it. In the beginning, it was beautiful. Heaven for all of eternity is beautiful. In between, this brokenness is ugly. That's God right. restoring us back into beauty. And so I'm so sorry for the ugliness that happened to you, friend. And even looking back on my life, I'm like, I'm so sorry for the ugliness that happened to that girl back then. But thank God I'm aligned with beauty. And beauty yes. is my birthright. Yes. It is my future. Yes. And so Jesus yes. is the glory of God. Jesus had to bear upon himself the ugliness of the world, including our ugliness. Either Jesus takes your ugliness or you stay in it. Mm. You can't just relabel yourself. You need to be redeemed. What you see on the cross is Jesus fighting for your beauty. And that's by Dr. Brian Chan. That is so beautiful. (laughs) Um, Wow. I just, I'm like speechless right now because I don't even have words. Like we should just mic, mic drop. We should drop it right there. But I, but I have to, to share this because when the, the Lord revealed what you just read, when the Lord revealed it to me, like you said, one thing I want to highlight to, to the listeners is the enemy is so mad. Mm-hmm. He, envies beauty because yep. remember he was Come made on. beautiful and and so he he envies our beauty so much yep. and the beauty of god and and he he actually i'm mm. just so happy laughing thinking about this because um like like jessica said mm. he tries to blind us through yeah. the traumas and through the sin and through the world right and so for those of us who have been through these things right and for all of us as like you said yeah. it's the human experience it's this look trauma boils down to the sin that happened to, to us you. Yes. so the sin that happened to us is just as ugly and inflicts the ugly perceptions beliefs mm. mindsets and all of that so whether you've had sexual abuse, physical abuse, trauma, or anything, it's sin. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the sin that's that's happened to us. And when I was wrestling with the Lord, and I don't know if I have this in another podcast, but I was wrestling saying, you know, if you were good then, mm-hmm. and that's the voice of the enemy, right? Yep. I was chewing on those lies, but yes. I was bringing them back to God, spitting mm-hmm. them out saying, 
then then talk to me about Praise this. God. And he gave wow. me this beautiful revelation of going to the cross. Look, I have it right here. And it, it's I've had this journal for years. <laughs> um I, and and he literally I want to read it because it says what you what you said that this man just said in in a different way. Um dear daughter, open your eyes and see what your father did to you crushed me. Claire, mm. it crushed me. I was crushed mm. for your iniquities, mm-hmm. for the iniquities that happened to you. That horrific sin was placed on me. I felt it. Oh. I carried it. I consumed it. Wow. So I, remember when he was going to the cross and he, he said, take this cup from me and he started sweating blood. Now think of, I know my trauma as being an abuse survivor of the one person. He had the traumas of the world on him. He had the sin of the world on him. And he said, he said this to me, I did it because I love you. I knew I did it because I saw you restored. Remember in Hebrews, it says the the joy set before him. And that's what you were Mm -hmm. saying that Brian says, the joy is seeing us restored. Come on. So he says, I uh, remember when I asked the father to take the cup from me, I knew the pain I was about to face and my humanity. I didn't want to do it. He had flesh. Come on. He knows Mm -hmm. like, please take this from me. But Mm -hmm. he yielded his flesh. He submitted it. He aligned his will with God's. And um, he said, the father needed me to do this so he could have his daughter back. (gasps) I had to lay down my life so you could get to him. This is the kind of love that we have for you. We desire you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We want to be close with you. You are our precious daughter. You are loved, treasured, chosen, precious, beautiful. And we made you and designed you this way Mm. before the foundation and and the fall. Claire, I had to go to the cross to restore the relationship between you and the Father because he is holy, perfect, righteous, and sin um, has consequences of death, right? Yeah. When he stood in the gap, when I stood in the gap, I saw you as we created you. Wow. I saw you who we made you to be. So here he's feeling the weight of the sin, carrying the weight of sin, but he's seeing us restored. Mm. I saw the intimacy we were going to share. I saw the way you were created. I saw you with your giftings, with your beauty, with your passion. I saw you standing on earth, glorifying me. I saw you cleansed, restored, revived, and refreshed. I saw how many lives we would touch together. And through you, I saw your willingness to be close to me and obey me when it's hard. I saw your voice, your impact on people, your heart for my father's kingdom. It goes on for pages, okay, about the beauty that he saw. And I, and I share this because this isn't just for me. This is for the world. This is for you. If you, if you are a woman listening to this, if you're a man listening to this, you know, um, and he said his plans are good and they're true. And so we cannot Define or define the true meaning of beauty outside of knowing the beautiful one and mm-hmm. entrusting every part of our brokenness, of our mm-hmm. past, of our pain, of our present to him mm-hmm. and and surrendering him and and 
giving it to him and watching him <laughs> redeem and reconstruct yes. and I'm just yes. in all of his beauty and and to look back and think how the enemy, you know, you, he it makes so much sense now of how the enemy uses envy and uses comparison yeah. and he uses women and wounds to attack and um be insecure and rejection, yeah. right? He uses all those things because he's so mad at you. He's so threatened by who yeah. you are, who we are as, as daughters of God. He's so threatened of the beauty. And that's why it's so important that we let Jesus in and we let him deal with the parts of us that are like that, the parts that us that are believing a lie. So we become envious or we're believing a lie that we're not enough or we're unlovable, right? And so we have to let him come in to not give the enemy any room. So mm -hmm. he has no room because Jesus said that we are a light. We are mm -hmm. the light of the world. Like We're supposed to shine. Yeah. We're supposed to, yeah. you know, and this false narrative, this false humility that we're we're, we're daughters of the most high God. Amen. So we need to sit up a little straighter and we need to tilt <laughs> yes. our crowns and we need to remember whose we are and who yeah. we are. And if we don't know who we are, we need to find out. And the only way we can is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Girl, one. preach. It's so true. It's so good. When, when you were sharing that, I kept thinking, the truth will set you free. Um, yeah. and it's the truth that we know and the truth that we align and apply in our lives. And so my, my huge passion of my heart is encompassed with this conversation, beauty and Jesus and women. Yes. And if we as women can believe Satan's lie that says you are not beautiful. We have went ahead and believed a core layer of our identity. And it's not just Ooh. an aesthetic thing. It's an eternal That's thing. Right. And I will That's say right. though, what is inside will manifest to the outward appearance. So there should be an integrity. The outside should rightly represent the inside. That's and right. So if we believe the lie that beauty is not our portion, we have believed a lie about our identity. And if we can believe a lie about our identity, Satan can come in and wreck havoc and get us to leave all kinds of lies. And I just love what you shared. I love what you wrote. Yes, what we see on the cross is God fighting for your beauty. Yeah. For your God truth, for your salvation, and for... um. Yeah, that was the redeeming moment. So that was true. a redeeming moment. And so And that's why everything's in the cross. That's why everything yeah. is in him and he is truth. There he right? The truth yeah. sets us free. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. Yeah. He is he is the truth. And listen, we have all believed different lies. Just like Jessica said, if you've chewed on lies and if you've opened that door to the enemy, I want to give you some practical tips on how to shut that. Yeah. And when she was saying, listen, if, if we can believe the lies of the enemy, who's a defeated foe, he's, he's, um, disqualified. He was disqualified from heaven. He's, PO'd. He's not happy. And because he lost his place, um, then we can believe God. 
then we, if we can believe a lie, then we can believe the truth. And so if you have believed a lie and you want the enemy to stop tormenting you and you, you're listening to this and you want to believe, um, that God is the beautiful one, then all you have to do is go to the Lord and say, forgive me for believing the lie of the enemy. Help me to believe your truth. And renounce it out loud with your mouth. I renounce that I am unlovable because your word says, God, Mm -hmm. that you loved me so much that you died for me. Mm -hmm. And you apply the word of God to that lie. You sever it out loud. You break verbal agreement because, listen, your words have power. That's how God created the world. Mm -hmm. He spoke spoke them into existence. So you need to speak to those lies out loud that you have believed and sever your agreement with them and put the enemy on notice that he doesn't get a right Right. anymore, that you are going to believe your father, Mm. the one that created you beautifully and has a plan and a purpose. And whatever pain you've gone through has Mm. been preparation for your purpose. And And so I just wanted to remind you, go ahead. Gosh, I think we can geek out and talk for another four hours, but, (laughs) and then we get to, we get to, we get to walk it out. We get to live it out. And I love, I love the process of sanctification. I heard a pastor say this before justification through salvation, justification, we're justified. God gives us his righteousness and takes our filthiness, our sin. We're justified. So justification is God's way of saying, I love you. Sanctification is our way of saying, God, I love you. I love that. Like proving to God through surrendering and obeying him that we actually do love him and believe what he says. And I cannot end this conversation without giving you one more Hebrew word. Can I do that really quick? Yes. Oh my gosh. I want as many as you can. So, okay. I have a lot, but. Genesis 2.22, when God fashioned a woman, when God created a woman, the root Hebrew word there, we get fashioned. Yes, that's part of it. But the root word, if you look up H1129 in the Hebrew lexicon, the word is bana. Bana means to build. God built a woman. Women, we are built to build. We are built to build families, families, children grow up to be kings and nations. We build businesses. We build movements. We are built to house the the life-giving beauty of the living God and birth it and build it into, into existence. We get to bring glory to God by being exactly who we are. We're beauty-filled and we're builders, and we get to bring goodness, truth, and beauty to the world by being exactly who we are. So Genesis 2.22, God built a woman. That is so beautiful. I love that so much. One of the third blueprint in my book is rebuild. Come on. And I know, I know. And um, my signature on my my email is being built in him. So could could this not align? (laughs) Even more perfect. Amen. Maybe we could do another conversation all about build and rebuild. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so thankful, friend. This was a beautiful episode. I cannot wait 
to share it. And I am so thankful for um, you coming on. Can you just pray us out really quick? Just pray for the women. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We come humbly before you, Lord, and confidently before you. And those two things can coexist, God. We come humbly before you because we're totally dependent on you. And we know this full well. You live long enough on this earth. We know we cannot be totally dependent on anybody else other than the living God, the one who made us, the one who built us. Mm. And yet knowing that we are your daughter, knowing that we have full access to you because of what you did, Jesus, on the cross, we come courageously and confidently to your throne as well. So we just want to gaze at your beauty I'm reminded of the words of David. This one thing I ask is that I get to gaze at the beauty of you, Lord, yeah, in your holy temple. God, would you mm. continue to pursue us? Would you continue to lead us? And I know you are. So maybe I just want to reword it. Lord, thank you for leading us. Thank you for, for pursuing us. Thank you for wooing us towards you for shifting even our desires. May our desires reflect your desires because yes, Lord, when before we came into salvation and justification with you, God, we were burdened by the weight of the curse, by the weight of the law, by the weight of shame, by the weight of ugliness. And then through salvation, through grace, by faith, we put our trust in you, Jesus Christ, and we know that God sent you to die for our sins and you rose again and you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Yes. Ah, we have been saved by beauty. Thank you. We have been invited back into the garden, Mm. back into deep intimacy with you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We've been restored, rebuilt to our intended beauty. Yes. And I'm even one of the big takeaways from our conversation is the best thing you could do to combat the enemy and push back the kingdom of darkness is to stand in your beauty. Yes. Not yes. by putting a bunch of makeup on. Don't yes. put all your hope in something that'll wash off with a little bit of water. Yes. But the beautiful one, as Claire says so sweetly, Lord, you are the beautiful one. And so we stand in you because yes. We have been crucified with Christ and now we've been raised to new life with Christ. So we are in you, Lord. I pray that for every human listening, especially for your daughters, I pray this for me and Claire too, that we can experience a deep sense of your beauty wrapping Mm. all around us and the living water gushing out from our soul. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that it is truth that will set us free. Help us to know truth and help us to be able to be sensitive to the counterfeit. Yes. We know, Lord, that you are the only creator. The enemy Mm -hmm. can only counterfeit and take what you've made and try to break what you've made. Even us, Lord, we can make guacamole, but you were the ones who made avocado, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> create with you, but Lord, you are the ultimate creator. You're the only one who can create something from nothing. 
And may we remember that as we journey through life with you and reflect with you on what was on your heart and mind, Lord, when you were creating me. Mm. I pray that for every person listening can spend time with the Lord and ask that question. So Lord, Holy Spirit, even right now, could you just speak into each Mm. heart? Lord, what was on your mind and heart when you were creating me? To show us, God, reveal to us. We love you. We trust you. We thank you, Lord, that you take what we give and you multiply it. So I pray that this conversation is honoring to you, Lord, and that it is touching every heart and soul and making room for you, Holy Spirit to penetrate and to heal and to expose and to multiply your goodness in each heart. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We trust you. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. And I'm going to have you back for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Let's do that. Love you, girl. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to the reconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom. 